Welcome to The Garage. We're recording live from CES 2024 with Automobility Advisors. Let's go. Welcome to The Garage. Today, we're recording live at the Consumer Electronics Show 2024 in our podcast studio at the Sonatas booth. We're pleased today to welcome George Ayers, founder and managing director of Automobility Advisors. George, welcome to The Garage. Thanks, John. Great to be here with Sonatas. Thank you so much. And we had a great chance to meet in October. We're both yeah. on the uh, Auto Tech Committee together, and it was wonderful to talk with you. And I said, I have to have George on the podcast. <laughs> so let's begin by, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company? Sure. Yeah. Um, I've been in automotive for 25 plus years, uh, Ford Motor Company for many years, Jaguar cars, mostly product planning, sales and marketing roles. Right. Uh, but then I moved into technology at Verizon, Verizon Telematics in particular, and then IBM and their IOT group. So last 15 years in automotive technology. So it's really great to be at Sonatas where there's a heck of a lot of automotive technology happening. Oh, it's, it's kind of you to say. And, and tell us about Automobility Advisors. What do you, what do you work on? What kind of things sure. do you do? Yeah, we, we started about two and a half years ago. Um, part of it was my interest in being involved with the startup world in automotive technology, all the things happening. We, we know all about EVs, but there's a lot of other things happening, right? right? Software-defined vehicle, connectivity, mobility, remote access. Uh, how do I get involved in that? Well, one way to do that is to kind of start my own group to work with all those companies. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, we're now to the point where we have nine clients and we are doing that kind of work. So really exciting. Fantastic, we're gonna get into that and talk a lot about STV and other topics. I always like to have uh, my guests on the show Tell us, we like to have our, our audience get to know them. Tell us something interesting about you. Sure. Uh, something most people don't know is I'm an avid poetry fan. I have about 400 books of poetry. Wow. I've taken many classes and written many. In fact, had some published. Okay. Um, and the genesis for that was in the early 90s when I was climbing the corporate ladder and all I was reading was business books. I right. realized that I got to do something differently. And I picked up a poetry book at an airport and never looked back. So that's interesting. Really I'm guilty fun. of reading too many business books. I, I no, I still read business books for sure. But my, uh, I guess I always like to give a be respond as well with something interesting about me, and I have to keep thinking of something new every time. And <laughs> the one that I think makes sense here is I have a ton of cookbooks and cooking books, and then the associated cookware as well. Yeah. But I've got quite a lot of cooking books of every type, and so I, I love to cook. So you're always looking for new recipes and new things to I, make. I, I am, and, and it's and I when I find one I like, I grab on and I make sure I capture it for the future. And I like awesome. to share as well. I like to no, share my great. recipes. I'm Very interested. Good. Very good. So let's let's get into auto technology. I mean, Sonatas and in this podcast we really focus on uh, software-defined vehicles yeah. and the growing role that software can have in doing a new and exciting thing. So let's start with maybe big picture. What are some of the trends that you think? maybe are important or that you're kind of spending a time focusing on? Sure. I mean, you, you read a lot about automakers trying to, um, you know, do software defined vehicles, but implementing it is different than saying you're going to do it. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know that better than anybody. And Sonatus is really well placed to do that. Uh, but of course, that's going to be part of the bigger world of automotive where there's powertrain changes right. like electrification and hydrogen, right. et cetera, connected services where I kind of, last uh, worked and originally in my technology world and now still do is uh, growing and growing. You can't have an EV without a connected car, for example. Right. They have to work together. 
uh, and then remote access of vehicles, right. last mile, all those kinds of things. Software is going to run all of that. And right. so doing it right, implementing it right is going to be important. Right. Um, so what you read and what's actually happening aren't always matching. Right. And some companies, I think, uh, like Sonatas, are out there pushing the envelope. So yeah. it's great to see. Yeah, thank you so much. We're trying, and in, in the show this week, we're, we're trying to show a lot of practical examples. Right. It's not sort of a science project. It's not just, oh, you imagine you could use software for, so these are real problems, like diagnosing problems or, or providing better fleet management and um, yeah. better interaction with new and advanced technologies like vehicle lighting and so on. So we're, we're really pleased to be able to share that with you. So you also talked about electrification, and I think that shift to electrification, we've got a, a fantastic demo outside showing yeah. a, an EV skateboard, which yeah. most people never get to see the inside of right. an EV. that's right. It seems to me that the shift to EVs is giving OEMs the chance to kind of rethink some of their decisions because you're, you're not just going to re put the same old software on top of a new chassis. So I feel like it's an inflection point in the industry where people have a chance to sort of do something fresh. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, two dimensions, right? So the EV configuration means your package, as we call it in the auto business, can change. Yeah. Right, so uh, Kia, for example, right across the hall right. has some really interesting vans, purpose-built vehicles that right. are, you know, uh, enabled because there's no drive shaft underneath and yeah. rear axle and all the usual right. tools. Right, so there's that change for automakers. So we're going to see lots of interesting styles of vehicles because they can. Yeah, but of course they should take advantage of the opportunity that now we're using EV technology that software should change too right. and run that differently and uh, I think that's a huge opportunity uh, you know one of the things I read about for example the Tesla Cybertruck the most interesting thing is the 42 volt electric system right which is what we've been talking about for 10 years in the car business and now we start to see it actually right. happening enabling technology the clean right? sheet of paper allowed them right. to adopt something everybody always wanted to adopt, yeah. but because of legacy couldn't. Yeah, right. And But others can do it eventually if right. they kind of move in that direction. High performance compute's gonna help yeah. in that, for example. Um, so there's so many trends that mean software's where the action is yeah. right now. You're seeing uh, Ford, I know some senior executive at Ford, they've they kind of re reorganized the company to some central technology as well as the ICE platform and the, uh, the uh, EV platform. Yeah. Not to make any one of them better or worse than the other, but to allow them to have some different decisions, I think, on those different. That's my take on it. And I think that's a smart move. I think. Yeah, I think uh, it lets them invest in EV and kind of cordon off that investment for, you know, Wall Street to understand. Well, that's so true they too. can put a lot of money in EV and still make a lot of money selling F-150s. I mean, I worked for Ford for 20 years, so I have a great interest in seeing yeah. them be successful. Yeah. Um, but they also, you know, they can be innovative at software level on both ICE and EV. You that's don't right. have to just be an EV Absolutely. company. Yeah, absolutely right. No, that's a really interesting point you make because people always come into our booth and they, and they ask us, you know, they, they want to learn about us. And they say, oh, you're an EV company. It's like, no, no, no. He's like, we have our software is in ICE platforms and our sure. software is in EV platforms. Now, EVs give you a lot more freedom. I think people tend to innovate more on EVs, but there's nothing fundamental about our technology, for example, and many other software that couldn't also be applied and, to ICE. And, and the services that the customers want, are the same. Whether, yeah, yeah. they're the same. Yeah. So uh, ICE, PHEV, EV, hydrogen, right. doesn't matter what the powertrain right. is. I think the services are the same. The uh, outside world, you know, we kind of in the car business, we, we kind of think just about the car business sometimes, but right. we forget people are walking around with mobile phones in their hand right. and they're doing lots of other new features with those. Right. 
they wanted that integrated with their vehicle, no matter what powertrain is being That's used. right. That's right. That portability aspect's important. One of the things we're talking about this week at the show is vehicle personalization. Yeah. Because, you know, people sometimes people say I had a, a Roger Lanto from Tech Insights yeah. here yesterday, and we were lamenting the fact that people say vehicles are smartphone on wheels, and we were agreeing strongly that, that that's a bad characterization. Yes. But but the one aspect that, that there's some similarity is people expect personalization. Yeah. People expect, because, because smartphones even give people, like my, my phone and my wife's phone are utterly different, right? People expect to have the experience they want. But when you go into a car, it's always, it's always the same. So how do you give people the ability to have an experience that's unique to them, whether that's lighting, whether that's performance, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, other kinds of, you know, well, audio, those kinds of sure, things. Sure, and it's getting easier to do that, right. right? When I was in product planning, it was the seat memory button. That's about yeah. as personalized as you right. got, Which right? Is, I yeah. could have a one and a two. Yeah, yeah. So my wife could have a, two, a one and I would have the two. I right. never did the, did the one, of course. Yeah, uh, right. So ultimately now with smartphones and Bluetooth connectivity to the car, the car knows it's me when right. I get in. It that's should. Right. That's right. And everything can change. Yeah, that's right. Um, right. That's, we're, we're showing the solution, which is, we just announced last month, which we're really proud of, which allows uh, OEMs, because uh, Sonatus is really about putting the power in the hands of the OEMs. Right, enabling. Enabling yeah. them and helping them uh, helping them do their work faster and quicker. But this platform allows OEMs to effectively deliver a kind of an app store-like experience. Right. I was telling my engineers, I mean, think about Steve Jobs. He had this iPhone idea, and the app store arguably the most powerful part. I mean, the phone's amazing, right? right? But the app store is the genius. It's created like a trillion dollars right. of, of market right. it value. It wasn't just a device. No, it was everything but it, behind but it, it enabled right. all this massive uh, ecosystem of planners. So we're providing the ability to put a kind of an app store model where an OEM can provide capabilities to the user. Uh, whether that's free or for, for, for fee, it's up to them to decide because OEMs will come down in different places on that. But I think it's all about ongoing engagement and customer satisfaction. And you're seeing that with Tesla, of course. Tesla's yeah. doing this ongoing updates and customers like my car keeps getting better, but most cars aren't doing that. Yeah, no, uh, I think the big fundamental shift for certainly the legacy car makers is their historical position is build a product, sell it to the dealer. They didn't even sell it to the customer, they sold it to the dealer who sold point. it to the customer. And then they had some liability around warranty. And sure. that was about it. Yeah. But now they need engagement That's with right. the customer for the life of the vehicle, That's right. right? BMW does 10 years of connected services. Right. EV warranties are eight years long, right. not four or five. Right. They're gonna be hooked to the customer a long time and they want to be hooked to the customer because they wanna be services companies. That's right. But they don't know how to be services companies and they need enabling partners like Sonatas to help them figure out how to do that yes. and push those features out in the world. That's great. We talked a little bit about fleet management, and I think we, we spoke mm -hmm. the other day that fleet management is a, it's an important, it's still, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. So it's not new, but it's kind of stale. Yeah. And I think it feels to me like with the growing diversity of whether it's delivery fleets or commercial fleets, it feels like that's ripe for, for innovation. Mm -hmm. What's your take on fleets? I think it's uh, really uh, changing pretty fast. Uh, last mile drives a lot of that, as you mentioned. Um, in my experience, when I was at Verizon, we had a company that we worked with called Network Fleet, connected fleet services, you know, that kind of thing. There's fleet management companies. Those didn't always 
work together. I think they're starting to do that much more. Uh, Fleet's consolidating. Big companies like Lease Plan and ALD merged last year. Now they have 3.5 million cars around the world, 42 right. countries. That's a lot of vehicles. Yes, yeah, true. Fleets. So there's many different kinds of fleets, yes. you know, whether it's commercial or rental cars yes. or, like you said, leasing yes. fleets. Yeah. Corporate fleets, right? right? In, uh, I lived in the UK for four years and people would have a company car as part of their pay. Right. That's a corporate fleet, light duty vehicle, normal, you know, for all intents and purposes, it looks like a personal car, right. not. Uh, so there's a lot going on. And then I think EVs are also being driven by fleets because fleets see the opportunity for total cost of ownership reduction right. by using an EV versus an ICE vehicle, That's just because right. of the maintenance, maintenance cost. Is so much easier. Right. Yeah. And if I can have software that allows me high personalization for the fleet driver right. and something like Sonatus is doing where I simultaneously can tell the fleet manager about that same experience, that's pretty interesting. Because you want to protect the, the residual value of the, the vehicle. Asset. You yeah. also want to make sure that they're not ignoring maintenance needs, yeah. for example, yeah. uh, for safety as well. And, and then we, are, we also have been spending a lot of time talking about commercial trucking as well, whether it's light or heavy commercial trucking, where the downtime from commercial trucking is a huge cost. Yeah. So if you can be proactive in avoiding downtime uh, by by staging parts or staging yeah. service in the next way station, so you don't have to take the vehicle off the road, but you you plan ahead, that can, that can so, be incredible so, ROI. So uh, that's a great example. I had some experience when I was at IBM, I worked with Navistar for a couple of years and they have a uh, connected trucks program called on-command connection. And they were working on something called uptime, uptime center basically, mm -hmm which did exactly that. It used the connected truck signals to know what was happening and where, where the truck was, but also the condition of the truck right. and diagnostic trouble codes and things like that. Right. And then they would stage the parts right. at the right repair shop where the train technician is, because nice. it's not just enough to say That's I have the point. part, and they would do it en route. So the driver of the company rather that was transporting wouldn't lose that valuable time, right? right? They could say, well, you're starting to have an issue in Kansas City, but we're going to fix it in Oklahoma City. Right. Right. That's that's pretty smart. That's and right. you can do a lot of that with software, connected vehicle solutions, all kinds of things that we're talking about here now. Great. What other things are you seeing here at the show this week and or in general that was on your mind? Uh, well, yeah, the CES is just, you know, over the top, fabulous uh, for people like me. It seems like you see some trends every year. Yeah. Like last oh, yeah. year... It seemed like everyone was talking about S STV, but this year it seems like conversation has evolved a little bit. What, how have you seen differences? Yeah, we're moving much more towards implementing STV real yeah. things for sure. It's always really fun to see John Deere and you know equipment guys here <laughs> doing precision crop spraying and all kinds of things, right? Um, you know, certainly the uh, Hyundai um, presence is large at CES, Kia, yeah. uh, really interesting. Uh, LG has a really interesting display with some vehicle and some other devices right. um, sk telecoms wonder world or whatever they call it is mm -hmm. very interesting yeah. um but yeah ces is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh you know when you look at the auto show circuit where i used to go right you know detroit auto show la auto show you know some of the oems aren't even there anymore right. and they're not talking about very much and they bring in it all to ces instead yeah. 
right? So uh, I think this is the place to be. Yeah, you mentioned John Deere. It's it's, it's funny because we're, we're right across the, the aisle from yeah. John Deere. You would look at the front of our booth and there's this giant, yeah. I mean, giant is not even the word to describe it. Giant uh, John Deere green tractor. Yeah. Uh, it's the most single impressive vehicle I've ever yeah. seen. It's it's great. Well, and it, Last year, Caterpillar had that giant dump They did, truck. they had this, the Caterpillar had a giant dump truck and it was like two stories tall. Yeah. It was it was ludicrous. So we're, we're right across the hall from it. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, well, look, George, I so appreciate you coming on the show. We, we appreciate your insights, and it's always nice to talk to you, and um, thanks for visiting us. Great. Thanks, John. Appreciate Great. it. Yep. Everything. If you like what you're seeing, we hope you'll like and subscribe to the episode. We've got lots more content coming from the Consumer Electronics Show and many more episodes to come in Season 2 of the Garage Podcast. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again soon.